First Timothy chapter one. Um, we're going to read the first five verses again, and we'll we'll continue on where we left off. Um, we have gotten down through verse three, so um, that's that's a good that's a good pace. Um, get a verse, get through one verse every four or five times we meet, but things will start picking up. But this groundwork, I want to make sure that we have this groundwork before we get going. First um, Timothy chapter one verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Jesus Christ, which is our hope, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, <clears throat> which minister questions <clears throat> rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to have to study your word. As we take a look at this information, may we allow your word to be the final authority in all things, that uh, <clears throat> as we study these, we, we apply these things uh, not only in our, in our daily lives, but also a, as a group here, uh, that we might be to the praise and honor and glory of your grace, and it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. <clears throat> now, we have spent a lot of time at the end of verse 3 where it talks about that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. But he doesn't end there, right? We've talked about the issue of, of not teaching another doctrine. And really, all those same things that we've been talking about is going to carry over to these other issues. And we'll see that as we go through. So if you notice there at verse 3, he says, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. So we've talked about the issue that there are some folks there in Ephesus who are teaching another doctrine. Well, that other doctrine we find out is the law. And that's what we find out a little bit later on in the context. So what's going on is you've got folks that are doing the same thing that they did in Galatia. Right? If you go back over to Galatians, in fact, go real quick to Galatians chapter 1 and just, just remind ourselves of these things. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So what, what, what's one of the things as we go through here in verse 6 is He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed. Now, the thing that I, I take solace in there is that word soon. <laughs> it's not just that they've been removed. He said, I'm, I, am, I am marvel that you're so soon removed. From from him that, that that called you into the into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, so there's this issue of 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 taking a group of people, and you go back to Acts and you see this, and what do they do? You have religious folks, the Judaizers there. They come in and they say, "What if you're not if you're not circumcised after the manner of Moses, you are not saved." And that's what they're teaching the folks in Galatia. And Paul says, I marvel that you're so soon removed to go into this other gospel. To now think, well, I wasn't, I wasn't perfect and I wasn't complete, but now I've got to have something else. Now I'm saved. Well, you notice in verse 7, he says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which was preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Now the issue there with perverting the gospel is they're adding something to it. 
Right. <coughs> you can be saved by grace, but really you need to be baptized or you need to be circumcised or you need to tithe or you need to do this. There's always something else that you've got to do on top of. And that's that issue of perverting is to add something to it. Now, when you go back over to 1 Timothy, <coughs> notice, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, at the end there, the reason he left him there in Ephesus, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. There's actually three different things there that Paul brings up, right? It's not just the issue of don't teach another doctrine. Well, that's the very first thing though, right? That you have to start off with don't let somebody else come and teach a different doctrine than you've already been that's already been taught. Well, <coughs> does Paul know which gospel that's been preached in Ephesus? <clears throat> yeah, because he did it himself. <clears throat> right? So here you've got some folks that are coming in and they're going to teach a different doctrine. Not only that, but he says, neither give heed to fables. Now, <clears throat> as we go through and we think about these things, <clears throat> there's, there's three issues and there's going to be a corresponding thing to go along with that. Teach no other doctrine, right? Fables and endless genealogies. <clears throat> Those are the three things that Paul brings up. <clears throat> Now, we've talked a little bit about that issue of teaching no other doctrine. Why it's important not to allow a different doctrine because what it does, remember when we talked about the flatline Christian thing, what it does is it stunts your growth as, an, as, an, as a saint. God, God's desire is for us to grow up unto sons, Right? Don't be babes, but to grow up as sons, to act like sons. <coughs> That's where that comes in, right? Now, when we take a look at these things, there's some other issues that we're going to notice here as we go down through here. <coughs> Next would be neither give heed to fables. Well, let's take a look at some of those things. What is a fable? <coughs> there's two different ways to look at this. You all in school did you all ever go through Aesop's fables? You remember that? Yes, no, maybe. Alright. No? Even even in two thousand four when you were in high school? You probably would know it one of the names. Probably. So so what it is is Aesop's fables, what it is is it's they're stories. And the purpose of the story is to teach you a moral, right? Um somebody does this stuff. Ever heard, have you ever heard of the, the boy that cried wolf? Yeah. Okay, so that's that same kind of idea. So this, this kid, he's, he's watching, uh, he, sees, he sees, he's told, you know, be careful if there's a wolf, yell for us. Well, you know, things go on. He gets a little tired of just sitting there by himself, so he starts yelling, wolf, 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 and everybody comes running to help him. There is no wolf. Well, he goes back. <clears throat> Later on, he does the same thing. People come. And what happens is, eventually, there is a wolf that shows up and he yells wolf and nobody comes because of all the times that he's yelled wolf and there's not been a wolf, right? So that's that idea. What's the moral of the story is, don't lie to people to try to convince them that something's going on when it's not because when something actually does happen, they're not going to come aid you because you've lied to them the entire time. 
And so that's one of those things. It's a story that's got a moral behind it. And there's a reason why they've got that, that story. So that's one way to take a look at a fable. Uh, and we'll take a look at some, some of the stuff that goes on with that. There's another one as well. But, you know, that idea. Well, if you ask the average church-going person, what are the parables? That's what they say a parable is. It's a story to convey a truth. And that's not what a parable is at all. In fact, we find out that a parable, parables were actually a judgment against unbelieving Israel. And Christ is saying, I'm going I'm to teach the flock, the little flock, I'm going to teach to them, and I'm going to minimize my ministry, not to the whole nation of Israel, but I'm going to minimize my ministry to the little flock, and I'm going to teach to them. And it's interesting because you see those religious folks, there's times where they're like, they perceive that He's talking about them. Right? But... <coughs> That's one of those things that, that, that they go through and think of as fables. Another thing that you get is taking inanimate objects and giving it human-like characteristics. Um, we see this all the time in cartoons, right? Bugs Bunny, for instance. How many bunnies do you know that go around saying, what's up, Doc? Zero, right? But that's that issue. And, and, and so what it is, is they're, they're stories that are designed to either get a moral across or really to put you down in a way to make you be ashamed of something or whatever, right? And so that's one of those things you take a look at and you go through there. Notice real quick, we're just going to run through some verses real quick. Go to, go to chapter 4, right here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> And let's, let's learn a little bit about this. Um, and we'll see some of these things. We'll put it all together. <coughs> I don't know why all of a sudden I'm getting stopped up again. Verse 7. <clears throat> Part of the things that, that, <clears throat> that Paul's, Paul's letting us know, verse 7, he says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now, there's going to be this issue of godliness that's going to be a, a contrast to these things. All right? So what's he saying here is what? Refuse profane and old wives' fables. So should we even entertain fables? No. All right, and you see some of those things as we go through. Um, <clears throat> chapter six. Uh, chapter six. Verse three. Notice. Chapter six, verse three. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to what. Godliness. There's going to be an issue here, right? And we'll see this. Verse 4. He is proud. So if somebody doesn't preach godliness, the doctrine which is according to godliness, what happens is he's proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth. Supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdrawal thyself. You read that and you're like, that's pretty much Facebook and all social media things, right? 
That's what it is. You've got people that are going about doing what? Just doting about questions and strifes of words. Whereof cometh what? What's the end of doting about questions and strifes of words? What's the, what's the end of that is what? Envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. You, I mean, you look at that and you're like, man, that one, that one kind of hurts sometimes when you think about some of the stuff that you get into, right? And destitute of the truth. What have they replaced godliness with is this other stuff, right? Um, drop down to verse verse 20. <clears throat> verse 20. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. How do you, how do you keep that which was committed to thy trust is what? Avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. So we start seeing there's some things that we've got here. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And of course, we see these again. We see this stuff over and over. And it's, and it's interesting. <coughs> it's interesting. Paul's talking about you're going to see this stuff in the church at Ephesus, Timothy. So just know, this is what you're going to be dealing with. Chapter 2, verse 14. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before, before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit. By the way, you stop there real quick. This is in 2 Timothy. They didn't get it figured out after the first book. They're still striving about words to no profit. They're still dealing with the exact same thing when Paul writes him a second time. And this is years later. <clears throat> that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Verse 16. But shun, and pro shun profane and vain babblings. Why? What will they increase to? Ungodliness. So what we see is this stuff here, all the other stuff that we've got to go along with it, what's it going to produce? The way that we act here is not godlike. Right? That's the whole issue with godliness, right? <clears throat> so keep on going. And their word will eat as doth the canker of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. <coughs> Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Well, what's the iniquity there that he's talking about? That stuff. He's saying, depart from the vain babblings. Don't be a part of it. And that, that's one of those things that, that you see as you're going down through there. Um, chapter 4. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He's talking about 
I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. What should we do? Preach the word. Do you know what happens if we're preaching the word? We're not getting caught up in profane and vain babblings and disputings and all this stuff about words and stripes of words. Just preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. By the way, it's out of season right now. You know, I've said before, one of the worst things to do right now at this particular time is to, hey, let's go get a building and do some stuff. But also, it's the best time to say, hey, let's go get a building and do some stuff, right? Because it's out of season. But what we're preparing for is when it is in season. <coughs> because that pendulum will come back and people are going to want to find the truth and we want to make sure that we're standing on it. When they need somebody, we're going to be the ones that they can come to. Right? And that's one of those reasons. So while it's out of season, prepare for when it is in season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto what? That's this stuff, right? So if you've got bad doctrine over here, you're going to have good doctrine over here. And when people get tired of hearing this, what are they going to listen to is that. And it's going to lead into this and then all this other stuff here. Um, a couple other verses we could go to with that. But go back to, go back to 1 Timothy real quick. <clears throat> When when we think about when we think about what's going on, especially here, um, especially here with with Timothy, what he's dealing with here at Ephesus, and you know, this stuff that we'll have to deal with sometime. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, like I said, we've already had people <laughs> outside. You know, we talked about that in in Acts chapter twenty. People outside are gonna try and do stuff. So just kind of be careful. You know, when Paul talks about having 10,000 instructors, um, just be careful. That's all I can say to you. I'm not going to say don't go listen to people, but I will say just be careful. Remember that song when you were a kid? Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little feet where you go. You know, just... I commend that to you. Notice, First Timothy chapter 1 He's talking about charge some that they teach no other doctrine. We've talked about that means there are some there that are teaching another doctrine, right? Then he says, neither give heed to fables. So this is part of this charge that he's given to Timothy to go back and charge some that they teach no other doctrine. But he's also saying, go back and charge them that they, what? Neither give to fables. Don't, don't get into fables. Now, one other thing, you know, we're talking about... There, there's two issues when you talk about um, that issue of fable. We talked about, you know, there's a teaching, that there's got to be a reason behind it, stuff like that. And that leads into some of these other things. Think about this. If, if I've got a really good testimony about God healing me or whatever, whatever it may be, right? Um, I got baptized. When I came up, it was just... I could see glory, you know, those types of things. 
where you hear people give accounts and you're like, that's not what Scripture says and they don't care. This happened to me. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. But it happened to me and you can't take that away from me. That's a fable as well. It's a story. It's a success story of look at what God's done in my life and then what's that going to do to you? That's going to make you think, well, God's not doing that in my life, so what's wrong with me? Right? Well, what have we found out? Are we all the same in Christ? We're completely and totally equipped to do anything and all things. There's, there's no difference. So for somebody to come along and say, well, you're not as blessed as me because look at what I've got. I've got a house here and I've got this thing and I've got this and the Lord's blessed me. And you're like, wait a minute. But that's not what the book says is going to happen. God's not promised you that stuff. When when Paul talks about when Paul talks about this issue, um, go real quick. Um, well, let's let's do this. Get uh, get First Timothy chapter six. Get uh, get First Timothy chapter six, and. Uh, First Corinthians chapter ten. So First Timothy chapter six and first first Corinthians chapter ten. Now I want us to I want us to look about this real quick. When when it comes to when it comes to that type of fable of you know success stories, look at all the things that's going on and, and, and look at what God's done, whatever it may be. First Timothy chapter six, verse six. But godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Right? Now, real quick, go over to go over to First Corinthians chapter ten. And then we'll come back to that real quick. First Corinthians chapter ten. Verse thirteen. This is this is one of those passages that that people kind of get caught up and they create things that really isn't there. But I don't want you to notice this. First, First Corinthians chapter ten. Let's start off in verse twelve. He says, "Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man." So. What happens is somebody, you know, they'll go through something in life and they'll say, well, the Lord did something for me through this. And what happens is it was a special testing that God put me through. But what's that verse say? There is no temptation taking you, but such as what? A special attack on you to prove that you're faithful. No, you're not Job. You know, I hate to tell that and bring that up to you. We're not Job. The temptation that's taken you, but such is common to man. But here's a good thing. But God is faithful, 
who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That doesn't mean you get out of it. That means what? That you may be able to what? Bear it. How? His Word working in and through you to be able to do that. Now, the interesting part is, he says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from what? Idolatry. You know what this stuff does? It leads to idolatry. That's really what he's dealing with. And he's saying, don't think. And you look at verse 12, he says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. We see that a lot of times. Well, look at who I am. Look at all the things that God's done through me. And I've got all these success stories. And look at this, 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 and this. That's this stuff. And what's it lead to is idolatry. Now, go back over to 1 Timothy chapter 6, where we were a minute ago. And I want you to see something. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Why? For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. You know, that old story of no one's got a U-Haul that's following their their hearse. You can't take it with you. But notice, so, so let me ask you a question. If you can't take it with you, why would God give certain people tons of money that they're not going to use it for anything other than just themselves? Why? He don't. don't. (laughs) It's that simple. That's not... What what people do with the health and wealth stuff that they misunderstand and misinterpret what's going on in the Old Testament and they try to bring it in to today, and that's what they do. I grew up in that stuff. But that's what they'll do with it. But notice this. Verse 8. And having food and raiment. What's that? Clothing and food. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be what? Content. Content. So, this, with contentment, is what? So, what does this over here produce in us? I'm not content because I don't have those things. I don't have that story. I don't get that stuff. I must be a second-class citizen to this person. And the only people that really get that is people outside of understanding right division because we all know we're all the same. We have completely and, and totally been equipped to do everything. And so we're not, you know, Paul says those that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. It's a good way of saying don't compare yourselves with other people. So then when somebody steps up, that's what these people in in Ephesus were dealing with. You had other doctrines being taught. I'm more spiritual than you because I actually have been circumcised. And here's my success story. Look at what God's done for me. I'm more spiritual than you because I've done X, Y, and Z. And look at all the things that I have now because I did X, Y, and Z. That's that issue. And, and Paul's telling Timothy, you're going to deal with that stuff. Right? And that, that's one of those things. But he says what? Godliness with contentment. No matter what happens. No matter what I've got. 
Guess what? I'm a saint of the Most High God. And you can't take that from me. No matter what I have or what I don't have. Yeah, so no matter what I have or don't have. If somebody has something that I don't have, praise the Lord. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm any worse off or better than them or anything like that. But we have gotten caught up in the world system that says, if you have, then you're better. If you don't have, you're worse. Right? That's the system that, that, well, where did that come from? Well, you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and it's there. Why is it that Adam and Eve go and hide is because they think that they lack something. Well, by that time they did, but they didn't know that before. They didn't lack anything. So you think about that stuff, and that's where that system comes from, and that's what, that's what it brings into us. Um, go over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. So, we've talked about the issue of what's here at Ephesus was also here in Galatia, right? Somebody's coming along and they're teaching the law saying, you're not, you're not perfect. You've got this doctrine. You've not figured it out yet. You need to go figure out this doctrine. And when you do, then you're going to have the same success that I do. And until then, you're lost. You don't have anything. You're not, you're not who you're supposed to be in Christ. Notice Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? You know what this stuff will produce? Bewitching. Notice. Who hath bewitched you? Now you should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath, hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Should they have known some stuff? They should have. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit of the work by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's a good question. Folks in Galatia, how are you saved? By the law or by faith? Well, the answer there is what? By faith. He's talked about that. He's gone through that. He's just got through dealing with that in chapter, chapter 2. Verse 3, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Now I want you to think about what's going on. They're here. They're not content because they hear another doctrine and they fall into this. Are they still saved? Praise the Lord. But, when we start thinking of this, Godliness with contentment. You stop and you think about all the stuff that we have. We talked about it a minute ago, the 101 odd, some odd blessings that you got the moment you got saved. I'm content in that. What else do you have? What else could you need or want if you've got it all? We've got a roof over our head, we've got clothes, we've got food. I find it kind of interesting. He just mentions 
food and raiment, he never even mentioned shelter. He doesn't, no. So, I mean, so if you're out on the street, you've got clothes on your back and food in your belly, be content. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's the point, right? So when he brings up the issue of being content, it's just food and clothing, not, not even shelter, not a, not a vehicle, you know, a way to transport yourself, a way to get around. And I mean, you think just because we've gotten used to certain comforts <laughs> doesn't mean you have to have them. You know, you stop and you think we, we, what we've done in our country over the last few years is we've confused liberty and we've confused rights and a lot of the privileges have become rights. Having, having, a, having a vehicle is not a right. You don't have a God-given right to have a vehicle in the United States of Kentucky. It's a privilege. Cell phone. That's government a privilege. Government will pay for a cell phone and vehicle and all that stuff. That doesn't make it right though, right? But we've confused what privilege is with now it's my right because we misunderstand liberty. Right? And Paul talks about Paul talks about that issue of liberty. He says, only use not liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Don't fulfill what this flesh wants just because you have liberty. Liberty is not I get to do what I want. Liberty is I have the choice to choose whether I do A or B. And A and B both have consequences and also have to deal with the consequences of choice A or B. Liberty is actually a responsibility, not a free to go do whatever you want. There's a responsibility to that. Grace is the same way, by the way. We get we we are we get to be responsible sons by making proper decisions based on scripture. And we have the liberty to do that. Liberty's not, well, I get to go do what I want because where sin abounds, grace is much more abound. That's not liberty. That's a child. A child is going through the through the cash register and saying, I want MMs. And grabbing M and M's, opening up and eating it. An adult says, "I really want M and M's. I know I have to pay for it, and I also want to have to pay for it in my waistline, so I'm going to not eat it." And an adult makes that decision not to do that. So you you think about those things, but that's what he's bringing up. <clears throat> he says, "Are you so foolish?" Verse three, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted for, to him for righteousness, knowing therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And he goes on down through there. What, what, what we find out there is why is it that they're here and they move over here to the bad doctrine is because they're not sound in the doctrine. So how do you fix that? Get the sound doctrine. And isn't that why and, he's reminding them? And that's what he's reminding them. So there's this issue of sound doctrine, right? 
So there's an issue of sound doctrine that's going to come up. And that's what he's reminding the folks in Galatia about. You already have this. Just stick with this. Don't listen to somebody else. Don't allow somebody else to come along and preach a different message, a different spirit, whatever it is. Just get into what you're supposed to find out. I wrote you a book. Go read it. Find out who you are. You've got the other books that are circulating from church to church. Go find out what it says about you. That's that issue that's going to be able to do that. Yeah. Which is an example to us that even if you learn it, you can still be swayed. Yeah. So if you learn it, you can still be swayed. So the issue there is, is and, and this is, you know, I see this a lot, and I've, I've been there myself, so I know this. This, if you get this and it stays here, it does you absolutely no good. Other than proving I know more than you. Now, doesn't that end up being I know more than you, God revealed more to you, and you know, all that stuff. That's what that is. And that's what he's reminding them here. And of course, that's what he's bringing up the issue back over here with Timothy in Ephesus. Back over here in chapter 1. He says, neither give heed to fables in verse 4. What's that mean? Don't even give them audience. If somebody wants to come up with a fable, what do you do? Don't give it heed. Don't give it the time of day. Go back. I know we're flipping a lot this morning, but that's okay. Go back to Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. And I want you to think about I want you to think about really what's going on. And we've talked about this before. Galatians chapter 2. At the very beginning, uh, Paul's talking about going up uh, to Jerusalem with Barnabas. Uh, he takes Titus with him. Uh, he's going to communicate unto them in Jerusalem the gospel that he's preaching among the Gentiles. He's going up there to tell them that. And what a lot of people do is they say, Paul's going up to make sure that he's teaching the same gospel that Peter was. And that's not what he was doing. He was going up there saying, here's the gospel that was given to me. It's different than what you all are teaching. That's what it was. But notice this in verse, verse 4. And that because of false brethren, unawares brought in. Now I want, and I've said this before. So you have... We'll do it this way. False brethren. You have false brethren that unawares. So here's the thing. Somebody gets saved. They learn bad doctrine. They're unaware of what's supposed to be done because they've been brought into this bad doctrine. Right? They're unaware of what's going on. What did this unaware person do? They brought in false brethren brought them into the church and said, you all really need to listen to this guy. He's got his stuff figured out. Don't listen to Paul. Don't listen to those guys. He's got it figured out. Go listen to him. And it's unaware people that don't know the doctrine that are bringing false brethren in to the church and saying, hey, you all need to listen to him. Notice. And that because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty. That gives you an idea of how these people work. How are they going to work? They came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ. 
in which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into what? Bondage. To whom we gave place, or we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. Do you know what Paul said? We saw those false brethren at the door. We said, you need to leave. He didn't give them the time to. When he says, neither give heed to fables, he's saying, don't even give it the time of day. Don't listen to it. But we have to be here and understand this stuff to recognize false teaching and fables and endless genealogies. And so then when you go here, go back to first first Timothy, you know, you, there's there's issues as you think through these things that should kind of fall into place. One, we have some people here at Ephesus who are teaching another doctrine, who are teaching fables, and they're teaching endless genealogies. That's those three things that they're doing. Paul's saying there's some doing this and this and this. And what's he do? Notice at the end of verse 4, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. So what are these things going to produce? As we said before, ungodliness, the questions, all that stuff. And we can go through all those things again. Uh, we went through those verses. But that's that issue. But here's the thing. <clears throat> do the folks in Ephesus know this? They should. But there are some that what? Swerve. That don't. And they've swerved. They've fallen for this. And then they're going in and teaching this. And they're teaching this. And they're saying, that's not what we should look at. And you know what they're using to do that with? They're using the Bible to do that. You ever thought about that? One of the things that we've said before is one of the worst things to do is to be scriptural, but not dispensational. You can go get a verse and say, you have to do this. I can show you the verse. That's what they were doing in Galatia. And that's what they're doing here in Timothy. Notice, um, drop down... We keep on looking as we go through here. Um, we've not talked about the gen endless genealogy, but that's fine. But notice here in verse 5, he says, Now the end of the commandment is what? Charity. Out of a pure heart. And of a good conscience. And of what? Faith unfeigned. Three different things. How do you get somebody out of that stuff? Is this. Yeah. What does unfeigned mean? Unfeigned, fake. Okay. So, not fake. So, um, we'll talk about that a little bit more once we get there. Okay. But that unfeigned faith. Um, if you look... If you look real quick, go over to Second uh, Timothy chapter three. <coughs> oh my bad. Second Timothy chapter one. I think I had a different thought of what that meant, like um, unwavering. 
that, that, that would work too. And we'll, we'll talk about that more because that was what I talked about uh, when we were up in uh, Chicago, the family conference, we talked about that. But notice this, Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 5. Paul's talking to Timothy again. Notice he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So Paul's reminding Timothy that you have an unfeigned faith. Now, if you want to talk about unwavering, that's fine. But a faith that is true won't waver. Right? And if it's a fake, and we know, we know what fake faith looks like. Churches are full of it. Well, I'm going to believe God for whatever. That's a fake faith, right? Well, I just believe that God's going to do this for me. If it's not in the book, it's not faith. Faith is what? Taking God at His Word. Well, if you create something in your mind and you believe it, that's not faith. <laughs> that's believing something that you came up with. That you've created in your mind. Faith in yourself. Faith in yourself. Exactly. And so then that's one of those things. But he says what? Faith unfeigned. Now, charity, um, and we'll talk about these a little bit more because we still have the endless genealogies to be able to go through. But I mean, if you think about, if you think about endless genealogies, <clears throat> you're fine. I was thinking something, but what you got? No, um, charity. Because you have to have a love for those brethren that are saved, but they're just caught up in the wrong doctrine. And mm -hmm. It has to come from love of those saved brethren from a pure heart, and like you're not angry at them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a, that, and that's that's what we'll talk about. So when you get to charity, and of course, there's a bunch of issues out there that people misunderstand charity. Um, charity is not, you know, one of the things that people say is charity is love and action. Well, more it's more than that. Yeah. Charity, when you look at when you look at the King James Bible, when the word agape is translated as charity, it's a different thing than when agape is translated as love. And we'll talk about that. So when a lot of people go First Corinthians thirteen. Well, it's the love chapter. No, it's the charity chapter. Charity has to do with edifying one another. Paul, when he goes through chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, he says, here's all these gifts. He says at the end of chapter 12, I'm going to show you a much better way to edify, and that's charity. It's a completely different thing. But that issue of charity says, I love my brother or sister so much that's over here in this junk that I want to show you, here's the sound doctrine to hopefully get you to come out. But here's the thing. We'll talk about this once we get there. Second Timothy, he says what? If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth, that they may what? Pull themselves out of that snare. It's not my... It's, I can't do it for you. If you want to stay there, you can stay there. But the goal of the local assembly is if you have folks that are in stuff, to get them out. And that's what love is. That charity. That, that charity out of a pure heart. 
of a good conscience and of a faith unfeigned, those things are going to be opposite of this stuff. Because this stuff over here is me. This stuff over here is I'm doing something for you. Right? We'll see that because that's what godliness is all about. We'll see that as we go along. But notice he says, verse 6, from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. That's just empty noise. If you want to go, <laughs> social media is empty noise. It really is. One of the things that's helped me kind of move away from a lot of that stuff is that's all it is, is just empty noise. It's vain jangling. It's just, you know, you know how you got symbols and crashing them together? It's just noise that does nothing. It doesn't edify. In fact, it does this stuff over here. It produces ungodliness and all that stuff. So, um, I'm looking at the time and it's just... There's no way this much time goes by. But, um, so, um, we'll pick back up with that, that issue of endless genealogies in verse 4. But here's, here's the goal. I mean, here, here's what I want you to think about. What does all that stuff produce? Is what? It ministers questions rather than godly edifying. Which is the faith, so do. So what should we do? Godly edifying where that stuff comes in it's not it's not you know like the question that we had about you know Jesus didn't like to hang around the people that studied their Bible that's what this stuff over here produces did Adam really have a belly button or not who cares it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things that's a foolish question. You know, we're always told in school there are no foolish questions or dumb questions. Yes, there are. And what they do is they produce strife and vainglory and I'm better and look at me and it's this stuff. God must be working through me better than they're working through you because look at what I... That's all that stuff produces. And it's just vain. Yeah, I got more grace than most... <laughs> All that stuff, that's what it is. And so you know what you do? You look at that stuff and say, all right, praise the Lord, let's move on and go do what we're supposed to do. Just let them, let them fuss and fight. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 23, it says, But foolish and other questions avoid, knowing that they do get their strife. 2 Timothy 2, verse 23. Yep. Verse 23. That's what it is. Um, and that's part of what we're going to get to. But um, verse 23, 2 Timothy 2.23, Bruce brought up, but foolish and unlearned questions, pay attention to them. No, he says avoid them, right? Avoid. Why? We know something about them. Knowing that they do gender strifes. So, do we go seeking stuff, or <laughs> let them let them let them bite and devour? It's a, it's a shame that it happens, but 
fortunately, we got out of it years ago. I, and there's a guy, there's there's two guys that I know of that that years ago, decade ago, I would fuss and fight with them all the time. And the bad thing is, those guys are dead now. Their entire life, that's what they focused on is just proving everybody else wrong, and just fussing and fighting at a drop of a hat for no reason, other than just the. I know more than you. You don't understand this. You've not gotten to my level of understanding yet. You don't, you're just, you just, you just, whatever. I'm like, okay. Eventually I grew up. I said, all right, I'm going to move on. And then, you know, unfortunately they, that, that, that does happen. And um, <clears throat> the bad thing is it used to only happen in the churches, but then social media allows it to happen worldwide. What they're dealing with here is local assembly stuff, right? But uh, like I said, we'll pick up with the endless genealogies again. We we know what that's going to produce, and we know verse five, the end of the commandment. The commandment there is to charge some that they teach no other doctrine, need to give heed to fables or endless genealogies. The goal of that is to do this. Don't worry about this stuff. Just focus on this. He's not saying go prove all these guys wrong. He says, just go focus on this. Just go preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering. He says, just go preach the Word. Do you know what's going to happen? These guys might hear it and say, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm looking at the book and I'm reading that I'm wrong and what I need to do is get back over here. And it's happened. I've seen a lot of guys go this way. Bunch. Seen a few that's actually come back, and it's not because under our merit, you know, we're not the Superman of the grace movement. We're not here to save people out of their own stuff. The book will do that. Let the book do the job. I've often said we're not the grace police. There's no grace pope. All that stuff. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately. Uh, But.